if you do this yourself, I know that it's going to take at least six, maybe 12 months for you to find something. And even then, you might end up buying the wrong property and you might end up losing money. If you go with someone who's doing it every day, you're going to have your deal in less than three months. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, it's Bernadette Jansen, and before we get into this episode, I need to remind you that the information in this podcast is general in nature and opinion only. It should not be taken as personal advice. There are significant risks with buying and renovating property, and you should maximise your profit potential and minimise your risk by seeking independent advice that relates to your personal circumstances through your own financial planner, accountant, and any other professionals that you are working with. The examples in this podcast are for illustrative purposes only. Well, hello, it's Bernadette back with another episode of She Renovates. And today I have not one, but two guests. I know I've been mentioning the event that I'm participating in in October in Brisbane and Sydney. The good news is it now has a name. It's called Financial Freedom Against the Odds. And I have asked my co-presenters to come and join me today to give you some insight into their areas of expertise and for anyone coming to that event, what to expect from the date. It's an important topic and it's something that I know is on your mind. The day's looming when you'll need to rely on the resources you've built up to support yourself. And you might feel like that you have to make up ground quickly. And so this is what this event is all about. It's a full day of training. And we have a group of property experts, myself included, who specialise in strategies to build wealth quickly with either small development, powerful property deals. And for me, I know you all know me as renovating, but in this situation, Airbnb is the low-hanging fruit. So that will form the bulk of my content. I thought it might be a good idea for us to all get together and give you some idea of the topics that we'll be covering and really what's possible for you. So I want to welcome Joe Badello. Joe is a property strategist and buyer's advocate and her company is called Advocate Property Services. But she's also the owner of Property Women. But Joe and I have a lot of alignments in our business. So welcome Joe. Oh, thanks, Bernadette. Lovely to be, be around and be able to answer any questions anyone's got. Awesome. And Nyan Nguyen. Nyan's speciality is small property development and no money down deals. So we're all poised to hear your expertise. Nyan is the owner of Advanced Property Strategies. Welcome to you. Thanks, guys, for having us. And you know, I'm really, really excited to be doing this uh, first of many events with you guys. I know you guys have done a few things together. I'm happy to be the rose between two thorns and uh, adding my two cents worth on what you guys are up to. Look, I know it's, it's taken a few months and weeks to bring this together, but I, I really like what you guys are, are up to and uh, yeah, your different points of view. I, I think there's so many ways that people make money through property, right? And sometimes they get a bit confused. And I, I love it that we've got 
all this talent between us and give the people the best opportunity to, to choose what's going to work for them, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And like Joe and I all, all already do a lot of work together. Joe sources properties for me and also for my students. So we're very aligned as it is. But one of the things that I say to our renovating students is that at some point in time, you will need to be moving on to small development. Well, just because the profit margins are better. So that's why I'm really excited about, I'm not discounting renovating for one minute, obviously, no. because it's more than just the profit for us. Personally, I'm certainly on that path. So I'm really excited about what you will be talking about. So do you want to share a bit about what your sort of mojo is? Oh, look, I, I just love the property game. When I started out reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I found there was so much information in that book about ideas and how to get free, which because you know, when I started out, I definitely hated my job at, at the time and the prospect of working for someone else, which I know some people do too and can relate to that. Um, I was in you know, um, my 20s when I was able to quit my job and do property full time. But I'd also made a lot of mistakes along the way. I had a goal of you know, getting into and doing 200 property deals or having 200 rental properties. Um, and I haven't quite hit that goal. It doesn't matter. Uh, I've done some really cool deals, made a whole stack of money, made a whole stack of mistakes as well. Uh, but my mojo is I, I just love the game. I love the game and I love giving back. I love doing deals, but I did find that doing deals sometimes can be a bit lonely and part of my uh, MO, so to speak, with a Christian background is I love giving back and, and sharing my journey, making it possible for other people to do it as well. Uh, because I know that you can't do it by yourself. I have tried and it can be a, pl a place that is quite lonely and you can lose money as well. It's potentially risky when you don't know what you're doing. With, with property, that's where I started. I started with the, the buy, reno, sell, buy, reno, hold model. I do believe that renovation is an absolute essential skill. And, and I do agree with you is if you do want to make, you know, six figures, seven figures, 500 grand, a million bucks plus in property, yeah, you, you need to grow organically uh, and use the, the stepping stones of, of the renovation strategy and, and, and step up. But some, oftentimes, like a, recently I did a two into um, five project subdivision and where we kept the existing house. So that needed some renovation skills, some basic renovation skills. And, and that's why I do believe that renovating is, is very, very critical as an essential skill. Having said that, you know, the, the next step above that is the developing, whether you are building townhouses, apartments, subdividing. Um, yeah, it's a natural and um, yeah, organic progression. Yeah, I'd agree with you ab uh, about it being lonely. That was exactly my experience too and really the reason I started my business. I think both of us are people pe people. people. Just being amongst people that are like-minded brings a lot of richness to life, doesn't it? Oh, look, absolutely. And especially sometimes if your spouse or your partner or your friends, they're just not interested. And you come up and you're talking about this problem with the solicitor or this problem with settlement or this problem with the tenant. After a while, they, they, if they're not into property, they're not interested and they just kind of uh, throw you to the side. And I know some of us who love watching the, the Renault shows as well. Uh, for me, I think that it's obviously a TV show. It's not reality. Um, because the, the reality is the wins are sometimes really big, but also the challenges are big too. You know, sometimes you you might have the bank approve finance and then 
a week or two before settlement, the, the bank cans the deal. So you're dealing with stressful situations and having like-minded people who experienced similar challenges can support you, whether they refer you to other people or calm you down, give you a reality check on, on what's possible. Um, yeah, because sometimes you're just dealing with challenges that the everyday person um, doesn't understand or appreciate or, or they just say it's going to be okay. Well, that's just not enough when you're looking down the barrel of, of commitments and, and unconditional contracts, etc. Some of the things that you will be talking about is some of the beginner mistakes to avoid. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think oftentimes when people transition from let's say buy reno hold or buy reno sell to their first development it could be a removal home it could be subdividing their backyard it could be building a granny flat Um, because we're not taught any of this at school we're not taught how to renovate we're not taught how to make money let alone keep it so when people progress and start to leverage because that's what development is about development is about leveraging one into two two into four eight four into eight eight into 16 you can do 100 lots there's so much leverage there but if you make one small mistake, you might get the zoning wrong, you might get a cost wrong, you might choose the wrong town planner. Um, those mistakes can be huge and, and can cost you a lot of time, money and stress. And I know that you know, in this game, it's, it's like monopoly for keeps. So people want to quit their jobs or they want to make six, seven figures, um, but, but some of them just don't have the right school uh, tools or skills or, or contacts. And that can be quite costly. Some, some people in the GFC haven't recovered emotionally financially because they were overexposed they grew too quickly and uh, unfortunately weren't able to to um, heal and get on with it and start again and the last thing anyone wants to be doing particularly later in life is losing money exactly exactly losing money uh, or otherwise going back and, and getting a job so uh, I believe that you know developing can be simple as long as you've got the, the the right tools, the right training, the right mindset as well. I have a big belief yeah. in thinking big and starting small. And look, I'm working on a 30 lot subdivision now, um, but I didn't start there. You know, like I started doing the buy one, 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 and then the twos. And you know, a couple of years ago, I did the two and the five. Before that, I did a 13 lotter. But you build, build, and build it, and you build your profile you build your confidence, you build your finances, your war chest, um, and, and even just having the, the right mindset and the, and the right team. Um, I know for yourself, if you're doing a, a reno, you'll have the painter, plumber, electrician. Well, in development, you have the same similar team. You, know, you have the surveyor, you have the town planner, you have the engineer. And over time, your team will evolve to, to be able to match your abilities and the projects that you do. I, I generally, um, the projects... I like to do sometimes involve a fair bit of difficulty because that's where if I can solve the problem, it's a problem that is difficult. Other people can't solve. uh, And therefore, I might be able to buy the site a lot cheaper and sort and solve the problem with a bit of energy, a bit of expertise and turn an ugly duckling into a beautiful swan and turn it into a profit as well. So that's part of why I love the game is solving problems creativity. I often uh, talk about how to do deals, no money down as well. I do find um, people have financial challenges or, or just can't get their head around. Well, I want to buy a property. I maxed out with finance doing buy and hold. How I get, how do I get into a, a deal? So that, that's a big part of um, learning how to do development as well is not being constrained by your finances. I'm really curious to hear, to hear you talk on that. Certainly know a lot of our students as well struggle with 
uh, finance at times. That's really one of the reasons why I developed Airbnb, but you can never have too many tools in your arsenal. Look, absolutely. And I think Airbnb is a great place for, for people to make quick cash and, and cash flow. And sometimes if, if they want to grow bigger, if they want to do development, um, yeah, no money down is definitely a skill that they need to learn. Just like when people start off, whether it's um, buy, rent, or sell or Airbnb, they need to learn how to reno. It, it's just another skill set. And I, I know it may sound flippant or, or sound a bit frivolous, but it's not. It's just like learning how to ride a bike, learning how to swim, learning yeah. how to play tennis. It's just another skill set. Uh, for me, it, it, the skill set evolved because I had a problem and my problem was I ran out of money. And, and I had to, yeah. but based on my yeah. goals of, of doing deals, I had to solve that problem and I went on a mission as, as a 21-year-old to figure that out. How do I do deals when I'm out of funds, can't borrow anymore? And, and as you know, when you have a problem and you're committed to solving it, if you put your energy in, you find other people who have done it. So it's not even a new concept. It's one thing to talk about, let's say, going to the moon or going to Mars. Uh, very pe- little people have done it. No money down deals. It's, it happens every day of the week. People going public, Facebook, Woolworths, Coles, all the, the big public companies use other people's money. So it, it's not a new concept. It's just how do you piece it together so the layman person can use it to, to buy a house. And it's another one of those things where you need to develop a skill set around it, like navigating the, the risk of it and so on. So, and you've clearly mastered that. Look, I think that's definitely one of the fundamental things is that you've got to buy right. You've got to buy under market value or you've got to have an upside in your deal. Oftentimes people um, come mm. unstuck when they're doing no money down because the deal itself is actually fundamentally no good. So I say to people that no money down is just a finance vehicle. It is no different to, let's say, going to the bank and getting 100% funding. If the deal is no good, the funding will just make it worse. So it'll make yes. it faster. Yeah. It, it's, it's a vehicle to, to accelerate your ability to do deals but if the deal is rubbish there's no profit in it it's retail then you're going to make yeah, a big mess of it so the fundamental parts of what i teach is you make your money when you buy if you buy right get a discount or what you've done recently the bernadette the free block of land keep the house cut off the backyard so to speak if there's profit in it you know we're talking 15 18 20 percent profits then the money partner becomes, or, or the joint venture deal becomes a viable option. But if the deal doesn't stop, yeah. the no money down is a disaster for everybody. Yeah. Are there deals around at the moment? I believe so. I've got clients you know, recently, early in the year, bought a, a double block on the north side, 10 Ks out. She paid, I think, in the nines, cut it in two, and she's made 200 grand by June this year. So that's an example. There. Another client of mine bought a house in the high fours, sold it for high sixes, buy Renault sell there and made just under 100K in about 90 days. So I believe whichever market you're in, if it's a buyer's market, I think people should be getting deal ready right now and looking for those opportunities, right? So there are deals right there right now. It's just a mindset and getting yourself deal ready and active and doing your market research, talking to agents and being clear on your strategy. Yeah. Are you specifically talking about the Brisbane market, Nyan? Yes, I am. Um, I believe that I've, I've got clients in Melbourne as well who are doing some really, really cool deals down there as well. I, I know that uh, I believe that it's a buyer's market down there as well. It's just recently stabilised. I've got a client doing a one into four there, and that's really, really cool. Deceased estate, motivated seller. Uh, some of the owners 
are still asking too much. But in that free block of land play where they keep the house at the front, cut off three at the back, um, there's definitely definitely opportunities there. I, I think it just comes down to matching the strategy with the marketplace um, as well. Awesome. Well, I'm really, really looking forward to your sessions. Now I thought I would move on to Joe. So thank you for that, Nyan. We'll oh, see you in a few weeks in Absolutely. Brisbane and Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Joe. How are you? You there? <laughs> Hi, Bernadette. I'm here. I'm listening. I'm soaking up what Nyan was saying and really interested to see and hear more about um, what he does. I know a few of his students and huge advocates for what he does, the level of mentoring he provides as well. I have a huge amount of admiration for what you provide. I've certainly been your client and am currently. I'm really interested in what you offer because not everyone has the capacity to get the right deal for their project and that's where you come in. We uh, traditionally started out as buyer's agents so very responsive to clients' briefs and budgets and moved into strategy to, I guess, be responsive also to clients' goals. Many people would watch what other people were doing and going, I want to, I want to replicate that, but does it fit in with your lifestyle, your stage of life, your, your budget, where you're headed? Is this the right fit for you? So we very much start at that base with our clients and ensure we get them into the right property and... In, in the current economic climate, we are very much talking to clients about ensuring that they've got you know, a really strong yielding property, even if that just makes up part of their portfolio and it's not the be-all and end-all of it. It just anchors them and allows them to have the lifestyle that they want to live now. Like, I don't believe um, a strategy of drink, uh, sorry, eating two-minute noodles for 15 years is a, is a good one to get you to a lucrative retirement. It's all about living now and enjoying the process as well. Yeah, and it's sort of about being strategic, isn't it? Absolutely, completely. And I think yeah. people do get lost in seeing the successes of others to the point, though, where they know someone that worked that did something three years ago in a location, but that ship has sailed. You can't buy what they bought for that dollar value. It won't sell for the same profit margins. And I think people do get swept up in it and it's fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm all about being inspired and motivated, which is similar to what, you know, yourself and Yana both mentioned about being and surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals. I think that's really, really important, but it's also about making sure that the, where, as you go forward that the fit is right and I guess one of the products I'm massively advocating for now is the two-income opportunities and the dual-occupancy properties that we're finding our clients are not only been able to secure but do again and again because it's actually buffering up their income, if not in some cases replacing their income. Well, isn't that a unicorn? They've got equity, uh, growth and yield. That's right. I do apologise to any Spanish native speakers that listen to this because I might not do this sentence justice, but the terminology is porque no los dos, like why can't you have both or why can't you have the two of them, I think is the translation. Why can't you have a positive yielding rental property but at the same time you are still getting those returns year on year in a capital gains context so that you are in a position to draw equity and at the same time, yeah, you're actually buffering up your day-to-day -day income, you know, levels. It's, 
and I've preached this for a number of years. It's like adding another human into your family unit, another adult income into your family unit, but you don't need to share a bathroom with them or buy them Christmas presents. It's a property and it's doing the same same work for you. It's bringing in that extra income. It's fantastic. That's an interesting analogy. Completely doable, especially with depreciation to add on top of the equity and add on top of your rental returns. And you know what? I still hear people saying, I've got a tax problem, I've got to buy a property. And Mm. the inference is, I've got to buy something that's going to lose money so I don't pay so much tax. Does does that drive you crazy? (laughs) It might sound like a crazy thing to say, but the way I see it, if you're paying tax, you're making money. (laughs) But, you know, like build build on, you know, like I, I enjoy good roads and hospitals and schools, but build a portfolio that is smart. And yes, you know, you're increasing your, your taxable income. But then we've got, because we're focused as part of a strong property portfolio, I guess an element of new property builds. So you've got depreciation benefits there as well. And that makes up a really good, strong component for people who are looking to minimize some of their taxable income as well. So Negative gearing. I've got a diverse portfolio. I've got a little bit of something, and I'm very I've gone down the subdivision route, DAs, self-managed super funds. I've got, I had, I have now sold properties that I've had with strata elements to it. I've got the dual incomes. I've got the set and forget. I've done the reno equity buy again formula, and that's how I kind of got started. So I think when you're really sitting down and looking at your portfolio and forward planning, you need to take into consideration all of this, and this is one of the reasons I always suggest or highly recommend, when you build your team around you, your accountant should really be at the top of that tree and, and have an accountant as part of your team that understands your motivations and your goals and also understands property and is on board with that as well. I fully agree with that. That's one of the first things we address, making sure that our clients have a property-specific accountant who has a portfolio of their own and understands. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think if you're building, I think people get lost in that. I can do this. As you and Yama were discussing, like you can you can do this on your own, but it's quite lonely. But if you do this with the right team around you, you know, and that is having fantastic financial support from a mortgage broker, from your accountant. If you're looking to step forward in a realm that's new to you, it's outsourcing and getting mentoring and support. And that also includes as part of the overall picture a property strategist and a buyer. You know, it's money well spent. I think it can be false mm. economy when you're trying to save money but then you're buying into poor deals that could take 10 years to come to fruition or to rectify losses as well. Exactly. Unless they're really experienced in sourcing property deals to use an expert and often I'll get asked, doesn't that cost you money? And I'll say to them, if you do this yourself, I know that it's going to take at least six, maybe 12 months for you to find something and even then you might end up buying the wrong property and you might end up losing money. If you go with someone who's doing it every day, you're going to have your deal in less than three months. You'll have your first profit made. The cost yeah. in housing is significant. So anything else you're going to cover in the session? Well, I do want to cover off what you can do with excess funds. You're in a position where your income, your household income is rising as a result of good investment. What are you doing yeah. with that additional funds? And that could be, and you know, as I mentioned, lifestyle. I mean, perhaps it's forward planning for your children's education. It could be 
assisting other family members. It could be putting the money and funneling the money back into your principal place of residence. And I will be running through some of those numbers and what that will look like in terms of years time saving, interest saving as well, or comparing that to if I was to put these funds perhaps in an offset account and when I'm in a position to buy again. formula that I look at allows people to be able to get additional funds quicker from a lender and be able to get back in the property market again far quicker than a property that is negatively geared. So that, that's the reality. And I think it's about, as you are planning toward building your portfolio, this is one of the tools that's going to enable you to build a portfolio around you. And you do need multiple properties as part of that retirement strategy long term as well. But not with sacrificing the day-to-day -day joys of life. I mean, that's really very important to take on board as well. And some of the properties where I will be presenting and showing you also meet the changing face of Australia, the demographics and how we live as well, which is very different to, say, my grandparents' era of the way that they would live and the, the, I mean, the square meterage of what people are expecting. The fact that now more and more, the, I think the biggest rising number of households now is the single-person household as well. They're not living with children, but then almost ironically, there's also a big rise now in um, a lot of cultures that are looking at multi-generational living. So I'm going to be sort of sharing what that looks like and how you can, I guess, meet that growing demand as well as, as you look at building your own portfolio, how you can meet what people are looking for in terms of housing. And that's to buy and also to rent as well. And that really plays into the high cash flow scenario as well, doesn't it? So if you've got something that's a dual key, I've heard it uh, referred to as opening up the funnel, so providing lots of different um, opportunities for different sort of family makeups to use the property. And people often ask with the two incomes and, you know, the house with the granny flat or the two incomes under one roof, the duplexes, you know, who, who is the buyer? Ultimately, the, the, they rent like hotcakes, but the buyer can be the first homeowner that wants to live in part of the house and then have, a, you know, a, I guess initial funnel themselves of income by subletting the smaller side out. It could be the downsizers that want to live in the smaller side and then have, you know, rent out the larger size side of the house. With the duplexes, you can sell one side off. So if you want to free up your assets to buy something else, there's, there's that formula at your, at your disposal as well. So there's a whole bunch of really exciting ways and strategies, not only on when you're making that initial purchase, but it's to meet rental demands, but it's also about your exit strategy when you get out of the property ultimately. So that's I think a lot of people get into deals without actually considering exit strategies, you know, especially if there's a changing market around them as well. I'm really looking forward to that as well. Actually, that segues pretty well into my topic, Joe, which is I'm going to be talking predominantly about uh, short-term rental. Now, most people mm -hmm. think of it as Airbnb. In actual fact, we're talking about multiple platforms. However, we love sure. Airbnb because it's the easiest platform. And like a lot, talking about the changing face of uh, how Australians live, a lot of our really successful hosts have actually started their portfolio in their own backyard. One of our students actually came to us to do quite a big renovation on our house and it was just going to be overcapitalising. So what we did, and she wanted to do the reno on the house and then go and um, buy an investment property after that, like... Uh, access the equity and the problem was she would have been so heavily leveraged that she wouldn't have been able to go everywhere anywhere so what we did was pull back that plan 
So she still got the dream home, but in it was a, the ability to actually have a little suite for Airbnb. So that is the income she stationed, but it costs you know about eighty thousand left. And with that eighty thousand that she saved, she's loving the Airbnb so much that she's now gone and built like a granny flat um, under main roof, so that she's got a second income. And this one is not actually in the home. And so going from just the family home to having the family home and two investment properties without going outside the door, I think is pretty awesome. Now, it's not for everyone, but for many Australians are looking at either be at their empty nesters with their great big five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, looking at how can we leverage this to help in our retirement and stay in our own home. When we downsized, we made sure that we bought something that had additional income. And of course, Airbnb is the income that we've chosen because it's so much better, and particularly in Sydney. And I think in other cities as well, the rental yield has dropped considerably. Airbnb seems to be a no-brainer. Well, the good thing Um, about Airbnb, I mean, it's it's something you can do pretty quickly. Yeah, that's one thing that I'm going to be presenting the program for getting going from standing, so from zero income uh, to setting up an Airbnb and having income coming in the door in seven days. So that's the great thing about Airbnb. It's almost instant. If you've got the space, you can have that up and running and have money in the door in seven days. But the other thing that I have found and once again, working with people that can't get finance, is it's a fantastic way to actually build an income. You don't actually have to own property to do it. You can use rented property. And yes, you do need to get permission from your landlord to do that. When I first discovered how amazing this strategy is, I got so excited and I went back to my students and said, this is amazing. You know, this is what you can do. We put together a program to help them because obviously there are a few pitfalls along the way and they went mad and one particular student over 18 months built 18 listings all on rented properties. She built an income that was around a half million a year all on rented properties in Brisbane where the property, you know, like talk about turning lemons into lemonade. Now, I'm not suggesting that everyone would want to do that. Some people would only want to have maybe one or two listings where they have maybe 10, 20 or 30,000 extra coming in a year so they can pay the school fees, pay off the mortgage, maybe go on a flash holiday. And then there are others who want to replace their income. But one of the things that I'll be doing at the event is actually going through the process of how you build $100,000 a year income using Airbnb and rented properties. And the beautiful thing about that, if you set it up with the right legal entities, then you can do that in a way that you're able to demonstrate incomes. You're able to build up serviceability so that you can get a loan. That's what excites me Uh, the most about Airbnb because a lot of the women particularly that we work with have come off pretty badly come out of a maybe come out of a marriage worse off or have just you know slipped through the cracks in terms of superannuation and this is a fabulous way to build momentum and it really feeds into their skills because most of them are style queens they're nurturers they're homemakers and are just perfect for the strategy. 
So that's what I'm excited about. And it's true to say with Airbnb, Bernadette, people sometimes will make the assumption it needs to be a CBD or a holiday destination, but you can go to the suburbs and convert part of your house to do this and you'll still get people wanting, well, queuing up to actually to come and stay. Absolutely. In some ways, I find that suburban, like more remote areas are often better because they're not so spoilt for choice. One of our really successful students is in Mount Gambia. Okay, so you'd hardly call that CBD. We've got another one in the um, in central Victoria. So she's renting destination properties. But even I've got a property in Western Sydney, and seriously, if you saw it, it's just a very modest three-bedroom brick veneer house. I've had it on long term for a while and I just put it back on Airbnb about a month ago and I was sort of thinking, oh, you know, Airbnb's changed since I had it on before. And no kidding, first two weeks. So if I rented this on the long-term market, it would get about $450, maybe $500 a week. So first two weeks, that was uh, around $1,200 a week. And now it's settled back to around $800 a week. So I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, I would be too. (laughs) That sounds great. How do you go about, are you going to be covering how to mitigate the guests that you get in terms of, Oh yes, any, any troublemakers or how you can actually perhaps use Airbnb oh, yeah. as a tool to, yeah. yeah? Yeah, that's that's the biggest worry most people have. What if I get the guests from hell? And to be honest with you, I have had one incident where they there was a potential for damage, but our little detector mechanisms kicked in and we were able to, we just got them out. But generally speaking, yeah, we have good processes for making sure that your guests behave and I will be covering that. Oh, that sounds good. Awesome. Okay. Well, I think that we have pretty much covered everything we need to do today. Tanyan and Joe, I want to really thank you for joining me and just ask you, do you have any parting comments? I'll go to Nyan first. Thanks, Bernadette, for the opportunity and uh, looking forward to, like I said before, being on stage with you guys. Enjoy the journey and problems are solvable and, and whatever problems you're having or, or dealing with right now in terms of your life. And like what, what I'm saying by that is I deal with problems all the time and sometimes you, you get knocked down but you've just got to keep getting back up and, and playing the game because there's just so many opportunities out there. Some of us, you know, make money through property and, and you lose it or you're in a relationship that doesn't work out and that causes your finances to, to not work, um, whether it's a personal or a business relationship. But there's opportunities out there. you just got to know uh, where to look and, and find good people. Thank you. That's very solid advice. And Joe. Yeah, look, I'm really excited to be presenting these opportunities and showing people how they can get really strong-yielding investment properties that are going to free them up financially to I mean and also show you how you can use those additional funds to increase your your net worth or perhaps build on your portfolio as well and I guess we all started from zero in the sense that we all bought our first property once you know we all started with little education and we got educated we 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 attended events we read books we you know we got on board with different programs so to learn and I think the three of us are examples of getting yourself educated and I think that's really important but behind every overnight success is a good 10 years of hard work come along to these events because the information is rich it is inspiring and it's really motivating and 
I myself, I'm always lifted up by the speakers that I share a stage with because I love hearing other people's journeys and successes. Oh, so do I. Never go to anything without learning something. I have to jump in there and say I left it way too late to be getting my head around what I needed to do. So I'm an example of someone who wafts around until she hits her 50s, then wakes up and decides to get intentional. Age is no limit. And on that note, I am going to sign off and say thank you to my guests for joining us. So wherever you're listening to this recording, you will find a link to the event to be able to grab a ticket. The tickets are very well priced. We've got an early bird special on the moment and they're $27 and they will be going up to, I think it's $47 in a week or so's time. But grab yourself a ticket and come along and you're in for a really valuable day and you'll won't be sorry. Thank you to everyone and I'll look forward to seeing you there. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.